0: السلام عليكم wa rahmatullahi الله وبركاته. how are you all doing? الحمد لله. نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم. أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. رب اشرح لي صدري وييسر لي أمري العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي. اللهم اهدي قلبي وسد لساني قلبي. So alhamdulillah, we are studying Kitab al-Tahajjud, the book of the prayers, Bab number five. Bab Tahrid al-Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم على صلاة الليل والنوافل من غير إيجاب. Tahrid al-Nabi, tahrid, harada yahridu, is to encourage someone to do something. And you see, one kind of encouragement is to say, "Please do it," right? And the other is that you you know, encourage over and over or very strongly, very powerfully so that the other person cannot just stay sitting. They just have to do what you're encouraging them to do, right? And you do that either by frightening them, by instilling some fear or by giving some incentive of reward. Correct. So this is tahrild. So the Prophet ﷺ he encouraged the people very strongly to perform what ala salatil Layl to perform the night prayer, and one nawafil and other voluntary prayers also. But when he encouraged them, he also made sure min ijabin He did not make it mandatory. He encouraged very strongly without making it obligatory. What is our way generally? When something is recommended, something is good, we say, oh, it's okay, you don't have to do it, so no big deal. Right? And then if we strongly believe in it, if we strongly feel that it should be done, then we impose it on other people. We make it as if it is fard, it is wajib. We make religion either extremely difficult for people, or we make it very Lenient in the sense that we allow them to leave what is mandatory also. The best way is the way of the Prophet Sallallahu So we see that he encouraged the Ummah, he encouraged his family, he encouraged his wives to perform the night prayer, but he did not make it mandatory upon them. The Prophet ﷺ tarqa, tarqa wa the sky, is what that which comes at night. So tarqa, he came at night. He visited at night. Who? Fatima and Ali. Who are these people? Fatima, the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ, and Ali, her husband. So he visited them in the night, Laylatan, in the night. Why? For what purpose? للصلاة, for the purpose of salah, meaning to encourage them to pray the night prayer. And inshallah, we'll see this hadith later. حَدَّثَنَا مُقَاتِلٍ أَخْبَرَنَا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ أَخْبَرَنَا مَعْمَرَ عَنِ الزُّهْرِي عَنْ هِنْدٍ بِنْتِ الْحَارِثِ عَنْ أُمِّي سَلَمَةٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا أَنَّ النَّبِيَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ استيقظ لَيْلَةً Umm Salama رضي الله عنها reported that the Prophet sallallahu الله عليه وسلم استيقظ ليلتن, He got up one night, he woke up one night faqala, and then he said Subhanallah, اللَّهِ مَاذَا أُنزِلَ اللَّيْلَةَ مِنَ الْفِتْنَةِ What great fitna or so many fitna have descended tonight. مَاذَا أُنزِلَ مِنَ الْخَزَائِنِ how many khaza'in treasures have descended tonight also may who is going to go and wake up sawahib al the occupants of these homes he's referring to his wives ya rubba fi al-dunya 'ariyah then he gave a warning that there are many who are kasiya in the world. Qasiyah meaning they are clothed. But on the Day of Judgment, عَارِيَةٍ fil akhirah, They will be naked in the hereafter, without any clothing. What does this hadith mean? We see over here, Umm salama anha, The wife of the Prophet sallam is reporting that one night the Prophet sallam got up. And why did he get up? To perform the night prayer. But when he saw everybody sleeping, right, what did he do? He encouraged them to wake up. And how did he encourage them to wake up? By saying, SubhanAllah, first of all, ماذا أنزل اللَيْلة مِنَ الْفِتْنَةِ How many afflictions have descended tonight? Secondly, ماذا أنزل مِنَ الْخَزَائِنِ How many treasures, how many blessings of Allah have also descended tonight? Meaning, this is a very important time. And why are people sleeping? This is a time when you seek refuge with Allah against calamities. This is a time when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you a share of His blessings, of, of His treasures. And then he said, مَن sawahib صَوَاحِبَ الْحُجُرَاتِ The occupants of the hujurat of these homes who are sleeping in their apartments, who's going to wake them up? Because يَارُبَّ كَاسِيَةً فِي الدُّنْيَا عَارِيَةً فِي So many people who are kasiyah in this world will be aariya in the hereafter. Now, we see that Prophet Ismail salam, We learn about him in the Qur'an, that وَكَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ بِالصَّلَاةِ was zakati. In Surah Maryam, we learn that Prophet Ismail salam would order his family to perform the prayer and also give the zakat. And here we see the Prophet ﷺ is also encouraging his family to perform not just the fard prayer, but also the voluntary prayer. So this is a prophetic way that you encourage, especially your closest ones, your family members, to perform the prayer. The prophets of Allah did this. Now this doesn't mean that we stay after them and say, okay, did you pray your nafil also? Did you pray your duha prayer? And did you pray four or two? Why two? You should pray four. And then we insist that go pray naful right now. Go pray naful right now. No, if we start imposing on people, we're making something mandatory and we don't have the right to do that. But this doesn't mean that we don't tell them or don't encourage them at all. We must encourage them because this was the way of the Prophets of Allah. Prophet Ismail, السلام, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Wasallam, and we see that the Prophet, وسلم, as the man of the house, as the one who was responsible over his family, right? He is encouraging his family to perform the night prayer. So this shows us that those who are in authority, so for example, parents. Or for instance, those who are of a higher status or age, like for example, an older sibling, it is their obligation to remind who? To remind who? Those who are under them. So for example, an older sibling, or someone who has more knowledge, alright, and that could be someone younger than you in age also. The point is that where you realize that you have to pray, or that you should pray, then Don't keep the khayr to yourself only. Do it yourself and also encourage others. This is very simple. When you have something good to eat, right? then do you just worry about yourself? Or do you encourage your guests, your family also? Do you encourage them? Okay. How do you encourage them? Please eat. Why aren't you eating? Have some. Have a little bit. Isn't it? And then we keep telling them again and again and again. For food, we insist a lot. Even if somebody doesn't want it, we insist that they eat it. Isn't it? When it comes to salah, we say, "Um, what can I do? It's their choice. Now, one is that you know that the moment you're going to encourage somebody to pray, they're going to get upset and angry. Okay, you pick your battles, right? But we're all human beings, we all forget, we need encouragement, we need reminders. So there's no harm in reminding each other. And it's the people who realize that it's time to pray or it's good to pray at this time, it's their responsibility to remind those who are not praying. Now, what if we are in that position where we are being reminded to pray? Or where we are being encouraged to pray? Should we get offended over there? Hmm? Should we get offended over there? No. Don't get offended. Don't get upset. You know, it's not that the other person doesn't love you or they don't like you, they don't want you to have fun, which is why they're telling you to pray. It's because they care about you, which is why they're telling you to pray. So if somebody's assisting you in performing your prayer, how? By reminding you, then don't get upset over there. Don't get offended over there. Then we see over here three things. The Prophet ﷺ, or rather two things, he mentioned. First of all, he made them realize the importance of that night, that particular night, or in general any night, because we see that every day, every night, what happens? The angels of Allah descend. Why? With the commands of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So of course we know that there is taqdeer. Inshallah, we will learn about this perhaps at another time in greater detail. But just to mention to you, in general terms, that there is different types of decree. All right. One is taqdir Hawli or sanawi, all right, which is on Laylatul Qadr that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala gives His decree to the angels as to what is to be done in that year until the next Laylatul Qadr, correct? That, then there is taqdir umuri the entire lifespan, which is given when the child is in the womb of the mother. Alright? And then there is also taqdeer yawmi, daily taqdeer. Alright? Which is that whatever a person is doing, it's being recorded, or whatever is to happen to him on that day, that is being carried out. And of course, the angels don't do anything by their own will. They do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands them. Alright? So, that night in particular, or in general, we see that so many commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, decrees of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are being carried out. And those decrees, what are they? Some of them are fitan, great trials. And others are khazain, great treasures. Because kulla yawmin huwa sha'n Right? So some are trials and others are great treasures. So, in the last part of the night, what is going on? So the last part of the night is when we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven and asks that who is there who needs something? Who is the one who is sick and he needs to be cured? Right? And He asks many questions. And He invites us to call upon Him. This is the time when we call upon Him so that the fitan that are descending are averted from us. Whether it is some illness or it is some other kind of hardship, that it is averted from us. And then His blessings are also descending all the time. So at this special time when du'as are accepted, we are invited to ask Him to bestow us His blessings. And the second thing the Prophet ﷺ mentioned as warning, which is that so many people who are clothed right now are going to be unclothed on the day of judgment. What does this statement mean? First of all, even though the word is ariah and qasiy, it doesn't mean a woman. Alright? Ariah Kasiyah is not describing a woman. It is describing nafs, person, soul. And the word nafs is feminine. Alright? لَا تَجِزِي نَفْسٌ عَنْ نَفْسٍ شَيْئًا وَلَا يُقْبَلُ مِنْهَا, منها. هَا Why is it ha? Because it's referring to nafs. And nafs is feminine. Now, what does it mean by this? That so many who are clothed will be unclothed on that day. This is not referring to kiswahisiya, حِسِّيَّةِ Physical clothing. This is not referring to Physical clothing. Meaning, when a person only has kiswa hissiyah in this world and no kiswa marnawiyah, what is kiswa hissiyah? Physical clothing. All right. What is kiswa marniya? Intangible. It is libasut taqwa, the clothing of piety. And the clothing of piety is not like your hijab or your abaya. No, the clothing of piety is. You see, the clothes you wear, people see those clothes. Correct? People identify you with those clothes. You have a particular way of wearing your hijab, particular kind of hijab, particular kind of pants, or particular kind of shoes. So people identify you with those particular clothing. Right? Our actions are also like clothing. You understand? Our actions are also like clothing. Why? Because what we do, what we say, that is how we are identified isn't it so what this hadith means is that so many people who have kiswa hissiyya today okay they have physical clothing today but if they don't have libasut taqwa today then on that day they will be exposed they will be exposed and being exposed is what being vulnerable Alright? If ever, you know, for example, these days it's, the weather can be very deceptive. It's so sunny, right? You're inside and you think, oh, it's so nice and warm. You open all the windows or you go outside and what happens? You feel cold. Isn't it? So, when you're out in the cold, why are you feeling cold? Because your clothing is not complete. Right? And if you get exposed to cold like this again and again, what's going to happen? It's going to affect your health. Right? So what this means is that if a person is only concerned about their worldly comfort today, then on the day of judgment, they will be in hardship. If you're only concerned about your sleep and your warm bed and your perfect mattress, then on the day of judgment, there will be some difficulties. And if we want to protect ourselves from the difficulty of that day, we must be careful today. Next hadith, حدثنا أبو اليمن قال أخبرنا شعيب عن الزهري قال أخبرني علي بن حسين أن حسين بن علي أخبره أن علي بن أبي طالب أخبره أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم علي that the Prophet الله عليه وسلم طرقه وفاطمة بنت النبي عليه السلام he said that the Prophet الله عليه وسلم visited him and his wife at night, laylatan, in the night. فَقَالَ when he came, he said, أَلَا تُصَلِّيَانَ Aren't you both going to pray? You're sleeping like you're not going to get up and pray. So aren't you going to get up and pray? And of course this prayer is referring to which prayer? تَهَجْد فَقُلْتُ Ali رَضِ اللَّهُ عنه, He said, فَقُلْتُ I said, Ya رَسُولَ O Messenger of Allah, أَنْفُسُنَا بِيَدِ اللَّهُ Our souls are in the hand of Allah. فَإِذَا شَاءَ أَن يَبْعَثَنَا بَعَثَنَا If He wants to wake us up, He will wake us up. فَانْصَرَفَ So the Prophet ﷺ went away. حِنَ قُلْنَ ذَلِكَ When we said that, meaning He didn't answer, He didn't respond. And He did not say anything to us. He just got up and He left. ثُمَّ سَمِعْتُهُ عَلِي اللَّهُ عَنْهُ He's saying, then I heard him, While he was going away, That he struck his thigh, وَهُوَ يَقُولُ, And he was saying, That the human being is very argumentative in regards to many things. Or out of many things, أَكْثَرَ شيء, More than anything, the human being is Jadalan most argumentative. What do we see over here? First of all, Imam Bukhari is bringing this hadith here to prove that the Prophet Wasallam encouraged people to perform the night prayer. And he didn't just lightly encourage, he heavily encouraged. You see, he is going to his daughter's house in the middle of the night. As if he is going there to wake them up. Huh? Or to talk to them for whatever reason, and then he's also asking them to perform the night prayer. How many of us would do that? would barely wake up ourselves, right? How and why would we wake somebody else up? Then we see here that the Prophet ﷺ is visiting his daughter's house in the night. Hmm? And what this shows us is that you can visit iqareeb, someone who is very close to you, at a time like this as long as it's considered acceptable. And if it's not considered acceptable, like for example, you know that somebody is very particular about their bedtime, you know that 10 p.m. they go to bed, then don't call them at 9.55 p.m. asking them, so what you're doing? Want to go out for coffee? <laughs> Can I come over with some hot chocolate? No, you don't do that at 10 p.m. When you know that they sleep on time, even if they're your brother or your sister, do not disturb them. Right? But when there is this kind of openness, and with some people you do have this openness. You can call them at any hour literally. You can show up at their house at any hour. They've given you the keys to their house. Right? So this means that you don't need their permission. So where there is this kind of understanding that you don't need somebody's permission, then you can visit them at night. Alright? Then we see the Prophet ﷺ came and he asked them, أَلَا he didn't say, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray. How many voluntary deeds did you do today? Did you pray on time today at all? He didn't make the, he didn't give them a guilt trip, right? What do we do typically? If we want to encourage somebody to do something good, we begin with guilt tripping them. You missed your fajr that day, and you were late here, and you were late there. You didn't even read Quran all day. So you might as well get up and pray something. Do something at least. No. No guilt tripping over here. Simple. أَلَا salliyan and Ali الله anhu's response. Hmm. So interesting. He says, "Our souls are in the hand of Allah." Meaning, once we're sleeping, and this is what we learn, that Allahu anfus hina Wallati lam tamut fi That Allah is the one who takes the souls of the servants. Right when when they die. And those who don't die, then when they sleep, then their soul is also taken. Right? So this is what Ali رضي الله عنه means, that when we're sleeping, then we really don't have control over ourselves. Whenever Allah wants, that is when we wake up. Okay. Now, basically, if you think about it, Ali رضي الله عنه is saying that, if Allah wants, we'll wake up. If He doesn't want, we won't wake up. So he's using qadr, right? Qadr. What is qadr? Divine decree. Okay? Now, we learn that there is a hadith in which we are warned against using qadr for the purpose of argument. Right? That when there is an argument, we should not use qadr. Okay? Like for example, in the Qur'an, we learned that the mushrikeen, those who worshipped idols, they would say to the Prophet ﷺ, سيقول الذين أشركوا لو شاء الله ما If Allah wanted, we would not do shirk. So if we're doing shirk, it's because Allah wants us to. That's what they said. They said لو شاء الله ما Ali Radluhu anhu is saying over here: If Allah wants, we'll wake up. You see, it's it's a similar argument. So is this correct? Is this correct? Like for example, if you make a mistake, right? For example, may Allah protect you. But let's say you're driving and you hit somebody's car, all right? And your dad's like, "Why can't you drive carefully?" He's like, "Qadar, qadar." Right? You break something, qadar. You lose something, qadar. Does this mean that you're using wrong logic? Like, where do you draw the line? You know? Because we see on the one hand, Alaihi anhu is clearly saying, "If Allah wants, we'll wake up." But at the same time, when the mushrikeen uses argument in the Qur'an, it is not accepted, right? So where do you draw the line? You see, there is another hadith in which we learn that Musa a.s. and Adam a.s., they had an argument, all right In which Musa a.s. basically said to Adam a.s. that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you and, you know, He bestowed so many favors upon you and you are in Jannah. What happened? Why, you know? Just as we think sometimes. That if Adam salam had not eaten the fruit of that tree, we would all be there right now. Hmm? So Adam a.s. responded that are you blaming me for something that Allah had decreed so many years ago? You understand? So the Prophet ﷺ said that Adam salam won the argument. So now same argument is going on here. Right? You see, there's two explanations, or two ways in which we can understand this. First of all, Ibn Taymiyyah, he said that Adam salam used Qadr as argument for the calamity that befell him. Would you like to know about this, or is this too much? Should I continue, or is it too much? Because, see, what happens is that many times people will refer to Qadr, why? To prove themselves innocent. So basically, they're saying that, don't blame me, right? Allah wanted this to happen, so don't blame me. Well, then we think that, take responsibility. You can't always say, whatever Allah wanted, right? whatever Allah decreed, where do you draw the line? So, Adam a.s. said, that are you blaming me for what Allah decreed? Hmm? What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decree? That Adam a.s. should leave Jannah. So that was a? Calamity. That was some hardship that befell Adam A.S. So he's using qadr, kind of, you know, it's like when you take comfort in something, right? So this is similar to how in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if Allah wanted, they would not have done shirk. لو شاء الله ما اشركوا. If Allah wanted, these people would not have done shirk. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say that? to comfort the Prophet ﷺ. Adam ﷺ said what he said, not to justify his mistake. Alright? He didn't say what he said to justify his mistake. This is a very important point. Rather, he referred to qadr for the purpose of justifying the calamity. Because nothing bad happens to us except by whose permission? Allah's permission. Right. So for example, if you have a car accident, may Allah protect you, but if you have a car accident and you get a ticket. Alright? Now, when you say, qaddar Allah, hm? Why are you saying qaddar Allah? For the loss that you have incurred. You should not say qadr Allah that, oh, I was speeding and there was red light and I was still, you know, taking a chance and going anyway. You are not going to say Qaddar Allah to justify your mistake. There's two levels. One is mistake and the second is calamity. Alright? So when you refer to qadr, you can refer to it with regards to the calamity that has befallen you. Not for the mistake that you have made. Because the mistake that you have made is your responsibility. It was your choice. It is your fault. And the result of that, you say, Qadar Allah. You understand? Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, he said that there is no harm in saying things like this with Istiqama, With Istiqama, With istiqamah as in, when a person has repented, fixed things, realized his mistake... Alright? Adam alayhi salam, when he was expelled from paradise, did he repent? Did he? He did. Right? So, it's not that he didn't admit his mistake. Our problem is that we refer to qadr to justify our sins. Like for example, a person smoking and they're like, yeah, if Allah wants, I'll leave it. Right? I'm doing it only because Allah allowed it for me. Right? No. You don't refer to qadr to justify your sins. You refer to qadr to take comfort in with regards to the calamity that has befallen you. Okay? So now here, Ali radhullahu anhu, he says, if Allah wants, we'll wake up. Okay? Now he's not saying that it's not my responsibility to try. No. He's just saying that, you know, what could he say here? he's kind of diffusing the situation all right this is similar to how anas radhiyallahu anhu when he was very young 10 years old all right he came to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to work for him and he said that anytime i made a mistake the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam never said to me why did you do this or why did you not do this all right so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam never reprimanded him however sometimes his family would Typical, right? Men are generally lenient and the women are very particular. Why did you put this here? I told you to do that. Why haven't you done it yet? How many times do I have to tell you? So the Prophet ﷺ would intervene over there. There's a hadith in Musnad Ahmad which says that if one of the people of his household rebuked me for it, he would say, leave him. For if it was decreed, it would have happened. If it was decreed, it would have happened. So leave him. Don't ask him again and again. Don't reprimand him. Let him be. So this shows that we can refer to Qadr at a time of dispute. Why? To diffuse the situation. Like over here also. Ali Anhu says, our souls are in the hands of Allah. If Allah wants, we'll wake up. And if He doesn't then we have no control. Alright? Maybe Ali Anhu was really sleepy at that time. We don't know. But The response of the Prophet ﷺ, what does that show us? Where he didn't give an answer, rather he got up, he left, and as he's going away, what is he saying? Mankind is very argumentative. Did the Prophet ﷺ like his response? Doesn't seem like it. He didn't give an answer, right? Which shows that he didn't really like what was said, but he didn't make an issue out of it either. Right? So this shows that we should not, for every little thing, for every mistake that we make and everything that happens, we should not always be saying, qaddar Allah, qaddar Allah. Because then what happens? People get irritated. When are you gonna take responsibility? You know, for example, you're cooking something, it gets burnt, qaddar Allah. Right? You're cooking something too salty, qaddar Allah. You slept in, Missed your class? Qaddar Allah. Missed your bus, so your dad has to leave his work, come and pick you up and drop you at another station? Qaddar Allah. Right? Take responsibility. Right? Because then what are other people supposed to say? Another important thing we see over here, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's response. Think about it. If we were in that situation, what would we do? Would we just quietly get up and leave? Or would we start lecturing them? About Qadr. Hmm? What would we do? We wouldn't remain silent. Isn't it? So much wisdom. Just got up quietly and left. Now, if you think about it, Ali anhu he still had a reason to make this excuse. Do we have that reason? That whenever Allah wants, we'll wake up? Yes, of course, we will only wake up when Allah wants. But we have means... Today, that means that can disturb our sleep. Right? Means like what? Alarm clocks, exactly. So many different kinds of alarm clocks. So phone, somebody can call us, alarms, different ways. So we should not be referring to Qadr all the time and saying that if Allah wants, we'll get up.